It's episode 98, and today we're going to be talking all about beliefs and beliefs specifically that might be holding us back from moving and exercising in the way that we think we want to, but kind of don't seem to show up for. So stay tuned for that. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. So hello and how are you? I hope you are doing well. It's episode 98. We're creeping very close to our 100th episode, which is really exciting. Um, It has been such a joy to record these podcasts over the past year and a bit, and I hope you're loving them. Um, If you haven't had a chance yet, I would absolutely love for you to take the time just to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating, a review, share it with your friends. It really does make a massive difference, and I am so grateful for every single one. So today, I want to talk about beliefs, and I want to talk about beliefs specifically around our movement practice, our movement and our exercise. And how what we believe, and and it's almost like myth busting, I guess, in some ways, but talking about how what we believe is potentially getting in the way of us getting what we want in terms of how we want to feel. So one of the things that I spoke about, I've spoken about recently, and I, I can't remember if I spoke about it on the podcast or if this was just on social media, but talking about how if we took the same approach to movement that we took to brushing our teeth, for instance, it would be very different than what what it is right now. And by this, I mean, if you think about the way that we are about brushing our teeth, I don't know that we love it. Like, it's not something that we're like, woo, get to brush my teeth again today. But we do it without fail. If we were to miss one toothbrushing session, for most of us, we wouldn't turn around and be like, nah, well, I had a good run. I guess that's it. Now I'm done. Um, we would just brush our teeth again the next day. We wouldn't think about it as being an option, right? Like it's just, I want clean teeth and the only way I can do that is to brush my teeth. And yet, you know, in lots of ways, movement is very similar. It is not an added luxury. It really isn't because our body relies on movement to stay feeling good, to stay strong, to stay mobile, to stay you know, functioning in a way that allows us to simply show up in our lives to do the things that we want to do. And yet we have truly come to see it as an added bonus, something that is kind of, you know, great if we can fit it in, but oftentimes feels like it's hard to do. And so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what maybe some of the beliefs are that we hold either as a society or as as an individual that might be kind of getting in our way that we might not even know we hold until we really kind of start to look at it. Because, you know, if you think about the toothbrushing example again, one of the beliefs that we hold about toothbrushing is that A, it's a good idea to have clean teeth, and B, that brushing your teeth, you know, a couple of times a day is the best way to achieve that outcome. 
And we do not rely on motivation to do it. We do not rely on um, really anything. It, it, we just we just know that it has to get done because it's going to keep us feeling and looking and um, experiencing our, our teeth and our mouth in the way that we want to. What if we had that same relationship with movement and and could make it enjoyable too? That would be amazing, right? So let's talk about some of the beliefs that, you know, I see as a, as a movement teacher um, that hold people back probably the most consistently. And the first one is probably is is spun a little bit differently. So I think one of the main beliefs is that, you know, I don't have enough time. And what I want to do with that belief is flip it a little bit and say, if we believe we don't have enough time, what is it that we're suggesting we believe about a movement practice? And what I mean by that is that if we don't think we have enough time, then that implies that our belief about movement and what it means to have a movement practice is that it has to take a long time. It has to take more time than we think we have. But is that true? Truly? I would argue no. We have been absolutely brought up in a, in a culture that tells us that the right way to exercise is in a 60-minute class or a 45-minute class or by taking an hour run or an hour yoga class or whatever it might be. We have been given this information that it takes time to do these things. What if I told you you could get really good results in just a couple of minutes? And I'm not talking about like shredded abs. I'm not talking about bulging biceps. I'm not talking about anything aesthetic. So when I say I can get you great results, I don't mean, you know, we're not talking, we're not talking aesthetics. Um, I, I rarely, I, I never talk about aesthetics really from a movement point of view. Um, because what I want for people and what I have, you know, moved towards myself is simply wanting to feel good in my own skin with as little tension as possible, having the tools to manage tension. So if we think of that as our result, right, that's the result we want, simply to be able to move through our life with more comfort and more ease, then no, it does not have to take 60 minutes, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, even 20. We can create huge amounts of impact and change and shift the way that we feel in very short periods of time. So if that was true, which it is, (laughs) spoiler alert, um, you know, what does that do to the belief of I don't have enough time? If, it, if we can make big shifts in the way that we feel in just a couple of minutes, and, you know, I'm not talking about a couple of minutes once a week. I'm talking about consistency here. But, you know, I spend more than two minutes scrolling on my phone at any one time. I spend more than two minutes, um, you know, waiting for a cup of coffee to be to be percolating on my stove. So we do have these pockets of time and and I don't know that we always need to be using every pocket of time that we have for these things because sometimes we want to just stare out the window and that's great. But holding on to the belief that we don't have time because we believe that movement has to take a long time absolutely stands in the way of us feeling better than we feel, right? It stands in the way of us moving towards the way we want to feel. And I'm going to make the assumption that we all want to have as little tension as possible and feel capable and functional in our body. So that when you go to stand up from your computer, you don't feel like you have to take five minutes to kind of like warm back up and be able to move around the room with ease. 
We want to be able to, you know, know that if we have to climb some stairs that we're going to be able to do it with ease. If the kids ask us to get down on the ground, we're not going to be like, oh, my knees are um, my knees and my hips and my back and all of this stuff. We want to be able to do our lives with more ease because goodness knows life is complicated and challenging enough without adding, you know, physical um, tension and constant discomfort on top of that. So that's, you know, probably the main main belief that I see really getting in the way. And and look, I'm not suggesting that I don't hold any of these beliefs either. One thing that I hope I make really clear is that I am, you know, always figuring this stuff out for myself as well. I have not reached that point where it's like, I know all the answers. Absolutely not. Um, but I know that, you know, I, I rarely spend an hour on my yoga mat. Um, except for when I teach. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't, that's not how I move generally. I, I And probably because I am teaching multiple classes a week for an hour or 45 minutes. Um, so I am getting a lot of movement, but I move in little pockets of time in response to the way that I feel. And I know that it's enough. And we have to shift away from this belief that in order to be enough, it has to be, you know, a long time. It has to take a long time. It has to require us to get out of our our jeans and into our yoga pants. All of these things stand between us and feeling the way that we want to feel. So that's belief number one. The second belief that I think kind of gets in our way sometimes is the belief that there has to be kind of like a particular type of uh, quality to the movement, I guess, that we're doing in terms of, you know, it doesn't count if it's not aerobic, um, if we're not huffing and puffing by the end of it, if we haven't sweated, sweated, <laughs> is that a word? If we haven't sweat, I think that's the word. Um, that sort of like, oh, it, that was nice. That felt really good, but I didn't work my heart rate up and I didn't sweat and I didn't do this. And, and almost this belief that one session of movement or exercise has to fulfill all of our movement needs, which is bonkers when you really think about it. Because if I told you at breakfast, you need to get in all of your nutritional needs for the day, you'd struggle, right? Um, just like if I said you can have one relationship with one person, no, you know, one friendship, relationship, however you want to think about it. And that person has to fulfill all of your relationship needs. Um, pardon? <laughs> what? No, thank you. We don't op- we don't operate like that. So why do we expect our movement practice to fulfill all of our movement needs in one hour a week? It's not realistic. And so sometimes that will make us think, oh, I don't know if I want to do that gentle yoga class because I won't get the the sort of um, huffy puffy feeling that I, I I associate with exercise or that I even want. Right? Like I I like to huff and puff too. Um, but you don't need to get all of these things from the same place. And so, you know, that belief that almost we have to, to be the master of all things within one session. Um, otherwise it's kind of a waste of our time that fully stands in the way of us moving in the direction of how we want to feel. Because when we have more options, when we have this ability to, to realize that movement is, you know, a part of how we do life, not just this sort of separate piece, um, then we're not looking for these kind of hacks to get everything that we need from one session once a week. And so I think we have to like really question like what are, what do we, what do we want from our movement practice? And 
you know, does it need to, like, what are our beliefs around what it needs to look like? That is different to what our desires are because our beliefs are not always steeped in, you know, what we actually want. Oftentimes they come from just the things that we've been told, um, the culture that we're in, all of those things. They don't always actually align with what we truly believe um, in terms of like we what we want to believe. Um, and so questioning them can be really useful. I think that for a long time, you know, I held the belief that walking wasn't as valid as running and I don't like to run. So I was kind of like, mm, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. <laughs> it's just not true. Walking is wonderful. Um, and so just checking these sort of beliefs that we have and being like, oh, is that even true? Does that even support me? Does that even help me to move in the direction of how I want to feel? No. Okay, maybe it's time to, to shift that belief and choose a new one that actually helps me to move in the direction of what I want. Because so often these beliefs that are kind of unchecked, they, they don't hold up when we actually scrutinize them, but they also stand in our way of getting what we want. And so it's kind of like why, you know, there is not, not a lot of good comes from kind of holding on to them. So I guess I, I kind of wish I'd written down um, one, two, three, four, five here. But one of the other um, beliefs that we might have is that the environment that we're doing our movement in has to be a certain way, you know, no interruptions, no kids, um, no mess, <laughs> you know, no piles of washing beside you as you try to do your thing. Um, why? Why does it have to be that? Is that just another way of, you know, getting in our own way, essentially? Because, yes, those things are beautiful. Those things are lovely. It's so wonderful to have the space and the luxury of additional time to like light the candle and to dim the lights and make sure everybody else is not there and change into your your favorite outfit for for moving in and all of that wonderful but do you know what in real life for most of us those opportunities don't present themselves as you know or we don't we can't create them as often as we actually really need movement because we need to move every day in some form or another and so, you know, if we're waiting for perfection, we're just going to keep waiting or we'll wait and we might get to it once a week or we might get to it once a fortnight or we might get to it once a month. And we think, oh, it's so great when I get that opportunity. But then in between, I have nothing and I feel tense and uncomfortable and all of that. So, you know, as I say these things, sometimes in some ways it's like, well, why why would we believe that? That seems so silly. But we do. We have all these beliefs that we don't necessarily know that we hold. But once we start to, to just question, like, what is it that's standing between me and, and how I want to feel? Then we can start to dig for them. And instead of going through more, actually, at this point, what I would love to do is just talk about how we can sort of identify these for ourselves. Because you might be listening and thinking, no, nah, Erica, none of these actually resonate with me. Those are not the things that get in my way. I don't hold those beliefs. This is no, not working for me. Great. That's fine. <laughs> We're all really different. Um, but what we can look at is just think, you know, what is it? What is the thing that stands between you and moving more often? And this is making the assumption that you want to move more often, right? So I assume that if you're listening to this podcast, moving well, feeling well, um, being kind to yourself, taking care of your, your, your body, your being is important to you. Um, otherwise, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. 
So I'm going to make the assumption that you want to be moving regularly, that you want to feel well in your body, that you want to have some sense of capacity to be responsive to, to how you feel. So when we think, you know, the number of times people say to me, oh, I, I, I just, I've, I don't know how to show up basically. Like I, I can't figure out how to make this work in my life. What is it that stops you? Is it the feeling of not enough time? Is it the feeling of not knowing what to do? Is it that you feel unmotivated? Is it that you feel um, self-conscious? Is it that you feel, uh, I'm trying to think of another one, something, right? Like what is it that you feel when you're like, ah, oh, I said I was going to do this and then I didn't do it. Look at what you're prioritizing above it. And that is going to help you sort of see what your beliefs are. So like I said at the start, if we think that, we don't have enough time, then we obviously hold some belief around time. We ha- we hold a belief that it has to take more time than we have. Or if we find that um, we're like, oh, well, I just never felt like it this week, so I didn't do it, then we obviously hold some belief around motivation and that it should be there. And like I say all the time, motivation is not a thing. It doesn't exist It exists for such small periods of time that if we were to rely on it, none of us would do anything. Most likely you are not motivated every single day to get up and go to your job or to do the work that you need to do that day or to make your family a meal or to brush your teeth. Motivation does not drive us to do all those things that we do every day. We do them because they're habits. We do them because we would find not doing them, you know, the outcome of that very unacceptable for whatever reason. So our movement, we almost want to make it the same thing. We want to habituate it so that it just becomes part of what we do. Um, And we also want to be really clear that the outcome of not doing it, you know, feeling tense, feeling more uncomfortable in our body is unacceptable. And so we have to find ways to sort of incorporate it into our lives. And so you can sort of see if you if you start to pinpoint, like, what is it that's actually holding me back here? Then we can sort of peel back and say, okay, well, what's the belief under that that's driving me in that direction? And we start to recognize that, okay, yeah, there's something under here that I can question. And I think when we start to question those beliefs and we start to realize kind of like what sits underneath them for us, it gives us a little bit more space. It gives us a little bit more um, awareness to then be able to go, I see what's happening here and this is how I'm going to approach kind of what happens next? Because if we believe, if we figure out that our belief is, yeah, I feel like I should be motivated and I'm not. And so I'm not doing anything. Then we start to go, okay, if I change, if I sort of choose to, to say that belief doesn't hold, then what I need to recognize is that if the truth is that motivation isn't necessary, what do I need to support myself to do it anyway? How do I put the, the structure into place or the, the um, process into place to, to recognize that, okay, motivation, if that belief doesn't hold, how am I going to show up? How am I going to do this? Same with if time, okay, my belief that it has to take an hour doesn't hold true. I feel really comfortable with five minutes. So what can I do in five minutes? It's just all these little things that then allow us to break it down into smaller pieces. And sometimes what might happen is we get to the point where we're like, I don't even know what other beliefs I can break down, but I'm still not showing up for myself. And then it becomes a matter of priority. And, you know, just kind of being in integrity with ourselves, doing what we said we would do. So 
I don't want to go too much deeper into this because I can't believe I've already been talking for 20 minutes um, and, you know, I don't want to, to be in your ear for too much longer. But I hope that you can sort of start to get the sense that a lot of what drives our belief, well, a lot of what drives kind of our actions towards movement and exercise is driven by our underlying beliefs. And if we can start to shift those beliefs towards something that supports us to actually do these practices in order to feel the way that we want to feel, it just becomes easier. And that doesn't mean it becomes easy because, you know, we all come up against resistance. We all come up against that lack of motivation. We all come up against those old beliefs kind of re-emerging and butting their heads. But it gives us the space to be like, oh yeah, hang on. 60 minutes isn't necessary. I'd love it. I'd love to have 60 minutes, but I have five. So I'm going to spend some time doing what I need to do in five. And the, the, the actual satisfaction that comes from kind of digging underneath and, and finding a way to actually make it happen for ourselves is priceless. Because when we do what we say we want to do, God, it feels good. It really feels good. And that helps to keep us going, to show up the next time and the next time and the next time. Because, you know, truly, what a joy to move through life with more ease. Because as I said before, goodness knows life is hard enough. Um, We go through these periods of time where there are just challenges. And so if we can be doing kind of guiding, you know, navigating through those challenges feeling more connected with ourselves, feeling more ease in our muscles, feeling more capable, um, you know, it makes the navigation just that little bit easier. So I hope that that helps you identify some of those beliefs that might just be holding you back from actually moving in the direction of how you want to feel, of, of, you know, getting on your yoga mat, of moving your body. Because ultimately, you know, there is no one right modality, right? I obviously teach yoga, Pilates, somatics. I love those modalities, um, but there's no one right modality. There's there's so many options. Finding something that brings you joy is key, I think. Um, but but the goal is to be moving our bodies, to to use them, you know, to to use them in their range, um, to use them in their full range. Ultimately, that is every time I teach a class, that is ultimately all I'm trying to do is get you to, you know, move your body through its range so that we are feeling more robust so that we're not kind of whittling down our options, which is what we do when we are fixed at a desk all day. Um, that, you know, that's just the reality. We use our body in a very fixed way. And so our options become more and more limited the less we use our body. And we can always refine those options once we start moving more. And when we do that, we tend to find that we feel, you know, better. We feel less tense. We feel more ease. And that is such a gift. If you feel like it, I would love to hear what kind of beliefs you come up with after listening to this. What beliefs are driving your um, movement. And maybe you've got the beliefs in the other direction, right? Like you've already worked through this and you're like, yeah, I believe that 
um, it doesn't need to take a lot of time or I believe that I can do it in my work uniform or whatever. You might have some some beliefs that actually support your practice, which is great um, and certainly a direction we want to move in. So come and share with me. I would absolutely love to hear from you. So you can come over and find me on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb Yoga. You can um, find me on my website, ericawebbyoga.com.au and send me an email. Um, but let me know. I'd love to hear what beliefs this brings up for you. And I'll be back next week with episode 99. I have to think a little bit about what we're going to do for episode 100. It's exciting. All right. Keep looking after yourself and uh, yeah, come share your beliefs with me. I'd love to hear them. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Webb Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon.